Hey, this is Jack Russell from Jack Russell's Great White, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 390 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always, and this week is a really fun one because Jack Russell is here. This is someone I've wanted to have on the podcast since this podcast started nearly nine years ago. Glad to finally make it happen. Of course, you all know Jack Russell from Great White, and he has a brand new album that just came out with Tracy Guns, aptly titled Russell Guns. Great stuff. Jack's going to talk a lot about that here in just a bit when we jump to this interview. And of course, we're going to talk about some Jack Russell's Great White stuff, some Great White from the 90s, Janie Lane, all kinds of great stuff. So we're going to jump into that very shortly. But first, I need to let you know who we're sponsored by, and that would be DEB Concerts. Concert promoter based right here in the Tulsa area. They've been bringing great acts to this area for the last several years. Coming up here shortly, April 6th, it's a Saturday night. Lita Ford and Last in Line will be co-headlining a show at the Cox Business Center. You don't want to miss this one. Both great live bands. Last in Line has been on fire the last five, six years with some great albums. Great live band. Lita Ford is, of course, great live as well. You don't want to miss this one. Hit up debconcerts.com for more info. Follow them on all the socials, DEB Concerts, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They also book the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. This year will be no different. Submissions have been open for that stage now for a few weeks, so you might be too late, but if you've got a band, jump on DEB Concerts' Facebook page. Find out how you could submit if you're a regional band unsigned. That stage has a lot of unsigned acts, but they also have a lot of great acts headlining. You know, they've had throughout the last few years, Ace Freely, Buck Cherry, John Five, Warrant, Slaughter. I'm trying to remember who else, you know, headlined that stage, but every year, great stuff. So looking forward to seeing what that lineup holds for us this year in 2024 as well. And again, as always, thank you to DEB Concerts. We've also got Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. And most importantly, they are mother approved. Nearly 30 years of experience from Jake Thompson and his crew over there at Sunset Tattoo. Tons of great work that you can check out in photos on their socials. Facebook and Instagram are both Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. They specialize in all different kinds of styles. I'm not just talking out my ass. I've had work done by Jake that I'm happy with. And very, very shortly, I'll be able to talk about what other work I've had done as I'm getting ready to go in and see him actually after I finish recording this. But yeah, Jake Thompson, Sunset Tattoo, great stuff. Hit him up, call ahead to set up an appointment time to go in and talk about what work you're looking to have done. Or just walk in. They accept walk-ins as well. So hit up Sunset Tattoo. Tell them you heard about him on Thunder Underground. All right. Before we jump into this talk with Jack Russell, I need to talk about something else, and that would be a recent concert in Oklahoma City this past weekend from Mr. Big. This band has been in the top five of my concert bucket list for my entire life. You know, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of shows throughout the years, seen the majority of everybody I've ever hoped to see, but for some reason, Mr. Big has always escaped me. You know, of course, there was a lot of time throughout that time period where they weren't together, where they weren't doing many live shows, and when they did in America, it just didn't work out for me personally. But I'm glad to say that this finally happened. That bucket list is now getting very shorter after the last, after this year and last year, I got to see Glenn Hughes. So, Danko Jones and Evergrey and Lenny Kravitz, you know, you're on deck. But back to the, the point at hand. Mr. Big in Oklahoma City at the Diamond Ballroom this past Saturday night. It was actually the final show of this leg of the tour. They are on their farewell tour. You know, I know a lot of people are pretty jaded by that word and put it in quotation marks. I mean, anybody can come back at any time, but Mr. Big is one of those bands that, for some reason, I just take their word on it. You know, it seems, they seem like if they're saying it's a farewell tour, that it probably is going to be. You know, of course, 
It's three of the four original members, and the fourth member being Pat Torpy, who passed away a few years ago. And, you know, ever since then, they've, you know, they've released new music, but they've also celebrated him in the live setting. They mention him, I believe, every show, as they should. You know, so this is kind of, as well as a farewell, a tribute, you know, to him and to that original band. And also on this tour, they are playing, you lean into it, their second album in its entirety. Of course, it is, you know, their biggest album with their most success because it had the mega hit single To Be With You on it. It also had, you know, a couple other tracks that were notable singles. If you remember back then, Just Take My Heart, another big ballad, Green Tinted 60s Mind, Green Tinted 60s Mind and Alive and Kickin' both got airplay as well, I know. But such an amazing band that is so underrated in the grand scheme of things because your casual fan knows this band for what I just said, to be with you. Maybe Just Take My Heart or Wild World, you know, they don't delve too much deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? If it's a casual listener of rock music. But this band, you know, is comprised of four guys that are at the top of their game. And when you look at the guitar slot and the bass slot, we're talking at the the height. I mean, you know, we could sit here and listen. I mean, listen, list like ten, hundreds of guitarists throughout the years that are phenomenal. But you can't make a complete list without saying the name Paul Gilbert. And you sure as shit can't make a list of the greatest rock and roll bass players without including Billy Sheehan, who, in my opinion, is number one. That's where I put him. You know, but granted, we know that this guy's a top five, top ten all-timer. These guys are phenomenal. They've been doing it longer than many of us have been alive. I mean, they're all late 60s, I believe. I'm not sure. Eric Martin's probably a little younger than the other guys. And I know Billy Sheehan's a little bit older, but he's around 70, I believe. And these guys are still on stage, energetic, putting in the work, putting up such a great set of music. You know, a nice, long, nearly two-hour set. You know, they opened the show with three tracks, Addicted to That Rush, such a killer live opener, you know, from their debut album, which is oddly the only song they played from the self-titled debut album. Pretty much everything they played, they comprised to the first, is it first three? No, first four albums. Late 80s to mid 90s time period, which is, you know, the majority of what the fans know. But, you know, I kind of hope there would be a couple of the songs from the last couple albums thrown in, but I'm not going to complain about that in the least. But they kicked the show off with three tracks from three separate albums being Addicted to That Rush. And then they did Take Cover, which is from the Hey Man album, and then Price You Gotta Pay from Bump Ahead, the third album. And then they jumped right into Lean Into It in its entirety. You know, they played the 11 tracks off of that. It was so cool to be able to hear songs. You know, they even mentioned a couple of songs. I think it was My Kind of Woman. He said that they had never played live before they started playing this album in its entirety. But this album is such a solid, great album from that time period. So many great rock songs that really focus, like I said, on the level of masterful playing that these musicians did, you know, back then and can still pull off live. But the songs I mentioned earlier, of course, the lead-off track, Daddy, Brother, Lover, Little Boy, you know, features the electric drills, which, you know, came out. Actually, it came out, I believe, the same year. Did that come out the same year as Eddie Van Halen, Pound Cake? And I remember who did this first, but I know that Mr. Big was doing it live, I believe, before Eddie Van Halen. I could be wrong, but not really even relevant to what we're talking about. But the rest of the album, Voodoo Kiss has always been one of my favorite tracks of theirs. Getting to hear that, like I mentioned earlier, My Kind of Woman, Road to Ruin, such a fantastic song. And, you know, and it works out for them in the placement as well, the fact that To Be With You on an 11-track album was the 11th track on this album. It was the final track on the album, which is not very common either. Not just from this genre, but from any genre. You know, you've got a big ballad, you know, this this song that kind of catapulted the band. Usually, you know, it's on a track listing, you know, early to mid on the album. But so when you do an album in its entirety, 
you know, sometimes a band's playing like a mega hit early on. Mr. Big, it works out, you know, in this space, I believe, of a set list that it got to be, you know, far later into the set. And then after they completed the album, you know, they jumped into Wild World. You know, they had a hit with that from the Bump Ahead album cover of the Cat Stevens classic. They also played Colorado Bulldog from the Bump Ahead album, which is a fantastic, you know, fucking song. Just so, so cool to hear that. And in between that, they did a full guitar solo from Paul Gilbert and a full bass solo from Billy Sheehan. And both of these were a good, you know, I would say five to seven minutes at least. You know, sometimes even a five-minute guitar solo can get a little repetitive to some people in a setting like that. But, you know, you've got, like I said, two guys that are at the top of their game that I can't imagine they if you were in that room listening and watching that you weren't in awe and at any time you get a chance to see either of these guys live doing that, you know, I could sit there and watch either of those guys just play their instrument with no other music accompanying them for an hour and a half and feel like it was too short, you know? So getting to see that was phenomenal. And they kicked right into shy boy after the bass solo. Of course, the Tala song, you know, from Billy Sheehan's first, you know, notable act before he, before everybody knew who, or when everybody was getting to know who he was back in the eighties. And then they finished the show with a few covers. They did 30 days in a hole. They did good loving, which they all four switched instruments, which is another testament to these guys. You know, and it wasn't just like guitar and bass switch, you know, which work hand in hand a lot. You had Eric Martin playing bass. The guy's also an accomplished guitar player who doesn't play much Guitar live during a big, you know, a Mr. Big show, but, you know, he does tons of solo shows with the Eric Martin Band. Does that as well. And he, you know, jumped on bass. Billy Sheehan just handled the vocals. I know I should have looked this up. I'm drawing a blank on the new drummer's name, but he's phenomenal as well, you know, and he handled guitar work. And then Paul jumped on the drums and they kicked out. Good Lovin', you know, the classic song that everybody knows. And then they finished with Baba O'Reilly by The Who. One of the greatest rock songs ever by one of the greatest rock bands ever. Baba O'Reilly, you know, of course, features some keyboard, piano, and Billy Sheehan handled that, of course, on the bass. You know, those melody lines. And it phenomenally works because we're talking about Billy F. and Sheehan, right? So, with all that said, you know, I mean, I could ramble on and on about how much I love those guys, love what they could do. I actually had the opportunity to see Billy Sheehan a few times live with the Winery Dogs, four times, I believe, but I'd never seen Paul Gilbert, Eric Martin, and of course, Mr. Big. So I'm so happy to be able to finally get that opportunity. I I should have mentioned beforehand, instead of doing this backwards, but the band Eyebolt opened up. They're a band from the Tulsa area who kind of just burst onto the scene maybe about a year ago. They're managed by an old friend of the podcast here, Tom Green. You know, I've been hoping to see him for a while and hadn't got the chance and finally got to with this opening slot. They are very much, you know, I mean, over the past, I don't know, five to ten years, there's been, you know, a slight resurgence in newer bands, you know, playing a retro sound, whether it be the vein of the 70s with your Greta Van Fleet or Rival Sons or Dirty Honey. And then you've got bands emulating the 80s style, you know, with like, say, a Wild Street or Dirty Penny. I don't know if they're still around. Midnight City. There's a lot of bands, Crazy Licks, Crash Diet, you know, that both those bands have been around quite a while. But, you know, incorporating a style of this period of the 80s that we all know and love, and they do it. They dress the part, they look the part. You know, if you just walk in the room, you would feel like you're transported back to 1986. And the fact I really loved about Eyebolt is a lot of these bands that emulate that style kind of go toward the more popular side of that, which would be like your Poison, Poison, Def Leppardish kind of area. But Eyebolt really leans to the heavier side of that with like your Wasp, Doc, and Rat, that kind of, you know, early Motley Crue. So I really dig what they've done making this sound really looking forward to seeing what's coming. I got the chance to talk to Tom out there and he said that they're going to be recording a couple of tracks 
at the church studio in Tulsa soon. So really looking forward to hearing these guys on record as well. And of course, it's just another band that I need to get on this podcast as well. So there, I put that out in the universe. So hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. But again, if you're anywhere in the area that Big Mr. Big is playing, they're doing European shows or doing more U.S. shows here in a couple months. And then, of course, shows throughout the year. So get out there and check these guys out while you still have the chance. All right, let's talk to Jack Russell. Well, before we talk to him, let's talk about him for a second. Of course, you know Great White. You know Jack Russell's Great White. But you might not know about Russell Guns. It's a brand new album that came out in January. Of course, features Tracy Guns on guitar, Jack Russell on vocals. Great album. I mean, it fits into the vein of what you would expect from these guys as far as both of them being blues-minded rock musicians. But it also feels different than anything you've ever got from L.A. Guns or Great White and Jack Russell. So to hear those guys together was great for me because I'm huge fans of both of them throughout their careers. You know, and of course, Jack's going to talk about this album, talk about working with Tracy, and talk about working with Serafino from Frontiers. If you've listened to this podcast at any length over the last two or three years, you've heard that name pop up quite a bit because we've had on several artists that have worked with Frontier Records and Serafina has been involved in production or co-writing or whatever with the album. This guy's kind of a phenom when it comes to songwriting. Isn't, you know, there's not many people on his level in recent years, in my opinion. So You'll hear that on this album. You can hear it on tons of other albums. If you look up this guy's credits, you'd probably be amazed at the people he's worked for and with. But back to Jack Russell, you need to really check out this album. It's a very cool slight departure from what you know with Jack Russell. And if you've, you know, one of those people that just know classic stuff and, you know, have hung on to that, there's some newer stuff out there from Jack Russell you need really need to take a look at. Like, He Saw It Coming is the album from Jack Russell's Great White that came out in 2017. Very cool, right in the vein of everything you've ever known and loved from from Great White, what Jack Russell did with the band. And then something else we talk about here coming up, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. The band Jack Russell's Great White has released an acoustic album full of covers of old Great White songs. And then uh, they've released Great Zeppelin too, you know, a studio album full of Zeppelin songs as opposed to what Great White did back in the 90s with the first Great Zeppelin. There's been tons of covers of Zeppelin throughout the years, but Jack Russell, you know, is at the top of that list when it comes to covering Robert Plant, in my opinion. You know, he's always had that aura, that sound where he sounds like himself, but he also pulls very much from that era. And to hear, you know, him cover Zeppelin songs has always been phenomenal. So check out Great Zeppelin 2 that just came out a few years ago if you have not. I would ramble a little bit about some great white that, you know, I've always loved and always tried to talk to people about, which is the album Psycho City from like 92, I believe. And then 94 was Sail Away. But I bring both these up to Jack here in just a bit and he talks about them. So no need to ramble on that. But something else I wanted to note is that Terry Ilu, who, of course, was the singer in Great White after Jack Russell left for quite a while. You know, he's not in the band great white any longer but something interesting of note you know i didn't really bring it up here to jack but i had an interview with terry ilu on the podcast about a year ago and he talked a lot about you know how much you know he loved jack as a vocalist songwriter musician you know in his time in the band but he also talked about something that the you know the two of them did together the year before last where they did a lot of acoustic shows, the two of them together, which, you know, is entirely unique, you know, in the grand scheme of rock and roll, because you don't hear like, oh, here's the original singer from a band. Here's a guy that replaced him. They're both no longer in the band, but they're going to get together and, you know, put on some shows. I just thought it was unique and amazingly cool. You know, I wish I had got the chance to see something like that. You know, maybe they'll do more in the future. But either way, check that one out. You know, we had Mark Hindle from Great White on the podcast a couple times years ago and World of Great White that you can check out. But in the meantime, what we're going to check out is Jack Russell. So I'm going to quit talking about it and we're going to jump into it. Here's Jack Russell 
speaking on Russell guns, and of course, a lot of other great white stuff. Um, so far, it's been really well. You know, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I was quite surprised because it's definitely, a, it's a little different. You know, it's not something that we uh, attempted to do before musically or lyrically. Um, it's uh, a whole different strategy, too. I mean, we, we didn't, uh, the idea was approached to me. Uh, the songs are already they're written, they're done. We just want you to learn them and play them. So I said, okay, well, I can do that, you know, depending on how, how the songs are. You know, I wouldn't even see them play anything, but I mean, they, they were good enough. I was I was happy enough with them. I said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll lay these down and see what comes out. And uh, for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm, I was pretty well happy with it. You know, I wasn't, uh, there was no uh, Medusas on there where I was like, ah, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's a decent record. It's a decent record. I'm, 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 we're supposed to do another one. And uh, I'm, I'd be up for it. Was it written by Alessandro? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Okay. Because I know he writes a lot of that, the Frontier stuff. Was it, do you know, did he write it with you and Tracy in mind? Or was it something he'd written and then searched out who he thought would work for it? Or You know that, I don't know that much about it, honestly. I, I, I think he had it in mind because he came, he came to us with the stuff. I mean, he came to me and said, here, what do you think of these songs? I like you to do them. You know, so that's only I can ascertain. Okay. But, yeah, it, it was fun. It was a good, it was a good time. You know, I had never done anything like that. You know, I've, well, I could bring you a kid learning cover songs. You know, uh, but I had never. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I can exactly like that. Exactly like learning cover songs and recording. So, yes, yeah. same old, same old, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like learning a cover song that song comes from, huh? It's like learning a cover song that then becomes your song, right? <laughs> right. Once Rain, Twice Shy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of song. Yeah. I mean, I never, it never mattered to me where a song came from. You know, a good song is a good song. And, and so the story goes. Uh, it never, uh, it never bothered me who wrote it and when it was written, you know, uh, what it was about. You know, well, that song was really about a trick, you know. <laughs> So lyrically, it didn't. It doesn't matter to you. Like if uh, say something you wrote the lyrics, they mean more to you than what someone else wrote. You sing them well, the same no, way. No, 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 no. That, that good, good point. Good point. No, they definitely. If it's a song that I wrote and I have put my heart and soul into it, and you know, it's going to mean more to me than and somebody else's song. Because if I have, if I, if I have somebody in my mind's eye while I'm writing it. And there's a not just a fictional person, but a, a real person, and it's going to be more, a little more special, you know. Right. But I think as songwriters, we could take an imaginary person and make them as real as we want, anyway. Right. You know. The press release for this, you mentioned that you'd had reservations about making that. Was it because of what we just talked about with the songs being presented to you already written and everything? Yeah, I was kind of like, how, how am I going? You know, how is that going to go? What if I don't really? Uh, it didn't really appeal to me, you know. Um, but I said, well, you know, Jack, you're an artist. You, you you can sing about anything you have, you know. So I thought, well, it's just, it would just be another challenge if if it was against my moral uh, code or or whatever else. What, what what if I was singing against something I didn't believe in at all? Right. You know, I had that may have come up. Who knows? You know. So I said, what was I going to do then? I said, well, I could just just be an artist and do it. You know, so yeah, kind of <laughs> shocked me when I, I mean, I know that the album title is Medusa, but it shocked me when I saw the album cover with you being a part of the act. It didn't seem like Jack Russell at all, you know, <laughs> right, mean, right? a little more intense than what you expect from a Jack Russell project, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but musically, it fits very well into what you've, you know, done throughout your career. Yeah, it's true. It's very <laughs> the, true. Did you guys record this all remotely from each other, or did any of you guys get in the studio together? No. I did my stuff in uh, Denver, uh, 
recorded it to L.A. And Tracy, I think, did his from L.A. to uh, Italy. Okay. And then uh, Powers of B made squished all together. I don't know how they do that, but they just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot's changed throughout the years. You know, back in the day, it would be everybody in the studio together. And now you can do that easily, you know, across the world. Don't have to be in the same area. Do you have a preference on working that way or does it matter to you as long as you're making the music? Um, I would, you know, honestly, I would still rather be in the same room with the band, you know, playing out of one studio. Everybody there at the time, you know, and, and laying it down together. Uh, but it, it, it really obviously doesn't make a difference. I mean, maybe, maybe you just didn't feel in your head and your, your spirit, you know, but for me, uh, sonically or, or feel wise, it didn't, it didn't impair anything. I didn't think I, I thought, okay, it sounds just like, I did the record here, or we do it there. You know, you couldn't go. Oh, it sounds like Jack singing uh, Denver. You know, right. Denver, in LA. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, I can take that. I can tell that Rocky Mountain Highness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little less air in your voice, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I can't breathe up here. <laughs> well, you know, Tracy Guns to me has always been a pretty underrated guitarist in the grand scheme yeah. of when people talk about guitarists, like talk about your thoughts and what he brought to, to this album. Well, you know, Tracy has his own style. He's, he's got his own thing. He's, he, he's, he's, he's a, like a, a, a four man's page, you know, he, yeah. uh, he, he's a great player. I love Tracy. I, I think, I think he's just spectacular. Um, to have something on uh, on recording with him now is really uh, it makes me feel good. It's nice to have that for my collection, you know. Yeah, because I've I've always admired his playing. I just admire him as a person, you know. Yeah, it's a a great point mentioning Page because I always thought he had that kind of Zeppelin style to him, and you know, obviously, as soon as I heard about this project, that works great with with you, obviously, for what you've done throughout your career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This this was a. Uh, a different beast, though. This is a different beast. This wasn't, uh, it didn't come out the way I thought it would. I mean, it, uh, in a good way. Anyway, I didn't really know what to expect, but I, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. You know, I kind of didn't really have a preconceived notion of what to expect, but, you know, the, the album, I absolutely love it. And, you know, I love his solo on Medusa. You know, I love, you know, your vocals on this entire thing. It's It's a great album. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Shifting a tiny bit, a few years ago, you released the Once Bitten Acoustic Bites with Jack Russell's Great White. And I know you've done a lot of acoustic stuff throughout your career, but was it tough to rearrange some of the songs that you know are a little bit heavier, like Lady Red Light or All Over Now or something like that? You know, it, it just kind of flowed, really. I, I didn't really have it. I was wondering about, like, uh, On the Edge. That was the one I was kind of had my... I'll scratch my head about how, how the hell is that going to work, you know? And yeah. it came out coolest ever, you know? I was really, really surprised. Um, it was like those songs were almost formatted to be that way. You know, yeah. it came in real good. I was uh, happily, uh, happily surprised. When you guys were, you know, putting those acoustic songs together, were you, like, was the band in its entirety kind of involved in, you know, arranging them? Or did, like, you and Robbie sit down? Or how did you guys do that? Um, me and Robbie sat down with them and, and put them together, and it, it was really basically just we didn't really do too much different. We just kind of did the songs like we did them. Yeah. Um, just try to make them a little more interesting and try to take it from a, a acoustic journey. You know, it was uh, it was fun. I, I was uh, that that album really. I'm still scratching my head on that one. How that all worked out because. I was like, oh, is this going to work even? Yeah. You know, because I, I, I had no idea. It was uh, taking these songs and going, okay, well, it sounds, it sounds like doable. You know, Save Your Love, certainly. Right. And then, yeah, and songs like uh, Living on the Edge and uh, um, uh, um, song, Never Change Heart and things like that. And Lady Red Light and 
you know, it was just, uh, we weren't sure how it was going to pan out, but I'm, I'm happy then and, and, uh, and pleased that it did. So it turned out so well, you know, I was going to do the same thing through the Twice Shy album at some point. We just haven't gotten around to it. I like the full album. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, wow. Looking forward to that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I like to do that. I like to get some more acoustic stuff in our catalog, you know? Yeah. Something else you guys recently did was the, you know, Great Zeppelin two. Talk about the, you know, the idea to do a few. You do, you know, you did a few of the same songs that you guys, you know, did with Great White back in the nineties. Right. Like, and the live no show. quarter and stairway in the rover. Like, what yeah. was the idea of re- redoing a few of the same ones? Just felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like those songs especially a lot, you know. So I wanted to hear them in a in a, in a full blown studio, not uh, just a live live situation yeah you know? good point so I just got to do it because i could do it you know yeah, yeah. i felt like it so i did it you know not much more <laughs> true than that you know yeah. you can be selfish when you record i found out <laughs> <laughs> well you know you got to have a great band obviously to pull off a full album of zeppelin songs and especially on something mm-hmm. like moby dick you know like just letting those guys go i mean that's some you know it's a some great stuff yeah, they're pretty impressive players, man. I mean, they really are. They're a lot of fun to play with and hang out with, and uh, they're always teaching me something new, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's pretty hard to do. <laughs> After all this time, yeah. Old, old dog and all, you know? <laughs> well, I know, yeah, you've stated before that Dan McNay is uh, the best bass player you've ever played with. Like, what is it that he brings to the table that sets him apart for you? He's just he's just got a lot of soul, man. He's He's just dead on, smooth. Just dead on soul junkie, you know. He really is. I mean, the guy just got—he's just got oozing out of him. Um, he's my perfect bass player, you know. Yeah. Just groovy and just you know sleazy. You know, I love—I love the way he plays. I love the way he plays. Yeah. Very fortunate to have him in the cast of characters. You mentioned the you know possibility of doing twice shy acoustic and. You're on a 30-year anniversary now of Sail Away. Are there any thoughts on, you know, incorporating some of that stuff into your live show or anything? We just been putting some of Sail Away in the live, live show. Okay. Yeah. I, answer to that question would be yes. Easy, yeah. I, I, but I had no idea it was the 30th anniversary of Sail Away. You're kidding. That's wild, isn't it? <laughs> God. Man, that that is amazing. See, now I'm That's feeling cool. old. That came out when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's amazing, man. Thanks for uh, filling me in on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to go back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Another album from that era was Psycho City, and that's pretty underrated in in your catalog, in my opinion. Like, two of my favorite tracks of yours are Big Goodbye and Love is a Lie. Like, what are your memories of recording that album? Um, God, I have so many. We we rented a a big 17-acre ranch up in San Inez, California, about a mile down from Neverland, Jack, Michael Jackson's Neverland. And we pulled a mobile truck up to the house, and um, all the crew, uh, the band, and uh, we just took over the house. and had a, uh, a catering situation come up, and they fed us all this healthy food. Uh, can't believe we made a man now. But... Uh, it was, it was great. I mean, it was a really great atmosphere being, you know, we put amps in closets and, you know, uh, playing in guitars and, and uh, in the kitchen. And, you know, it, it just anywhere you could put an instrument and a guitar right, that was going to block it out. We, we, we made it into a big studio, you know. And um, we pulled the mobile truck up to it and then we recorded it in the house. And... It was a great vibe. It was a really great vibe because we were like, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and um, we were just playing out. We were just like playing out on the Spawn Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of creepy in a way, but it was a. Uh, it was really a, uh, a neat, a neat way, way to make a record. I've always wanted to do something like that, so I got that one out of my, uh, out of my brain. You know. Yeah. yeah. I guess that location kind of added, I mean, to the fact that the album, you know, had slightly, a slightly darker feel than the albums before that, I feel like. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the album was, I mean, 
Psycho City, man. It was just about all, all the craziness was happening at that time. And, you know, um, the riots were coming up and it just everything was going down. You know, this place was going nuts. Yeah. Um, so it was a, uh, it was appropriate record for the time. Um, I think, I think it's one of our best albums. I really do. I think it was well underrated. You know, I, I um, so many songs in there. I just, I just adore. Um, what's you said? Love is a lie. Um, I'm gonna go on and further. Um, get on home. Great song. Old Rose Motel. Yeah. Come with the wind, which we play now live. Now, you know, it's uh, just great songs. You know, it's a lot of fun. It was a different album, a different flavor. You know. It was like you said. It was definitely a darker record, you know, than 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 the happy uh, one spitting record was. You know. Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that you know, "Love Is a Lie" was released as a single back then, and it wasn't, if I remember right, it wasn't, you know, cut down for for radio. I think it could have been, and I'm just forgetting. But I just, I don't think we did. Yeah, I mean, I I love that yeah, fact because that was kind of unusual around that time, outside of maybe November Rain or something. You know, to have a song like a a song that was like eight minutes long, you know, on the radio. Right. Well, you funny. Oddly enough, we did that with rock me. We, oh, we, yeah. uh, we, we did it. We did an edited, we wrote an edited version for the video, but for the single, we, uh, we just put the time on the record, the wrong time. We, <laughs> we put three minutes and 58 seconds. And then on the other side of the album, every song was three minutes and 57 seconds. <laughs> so we're done. So rock me, and they go, oh, three minutes, 58 seconds. I got time, I got time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> they come back, and I'm like, it's still playing. God, this song was longer than I thought. Yeah. And then they figure it out soon enough. But by that point, the song was already in rotation, you know? Yeah. But it was pretty good. Pretty good. We fooled them. We fooled them pretty good. Yeah, that's great. I saw your recent uh, birthday post about Jenny Lane, and I actually saw you guys – when you played in Rock, Oklahoma, 2008, and Jenny Lane came up and sang with you. Do you remember that performance at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I can't. I'm racking my brain. I can't remember what song you sang with you, but I just remember, you know, being blown away at the time. <laughs> yeah, Jenny's a great guy, man. He really, really, really was. I, I miss him a lot, you know. I miss him a lot. When, when he filled in for you in Great White in 2010, did you ever watch any clips or anything or videos of that? um yeah i saw some of it i saw some of it and it was really good he did he did just what i wanted him to do you know which is great make it his own you know um he, the only comment he told me he goes why do you have to sing so high all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> any specific songs that you like the way he sang because yeah i thought the same thing when i looked at you know videos i'm like i like the fact that he's like not trying to imitate you you know right yeah, yeah. Uh, everything everything he did i thought was spot on you know, he was, he was, did, he did it on his own, he did his own thing to it, you know? Yeah. But without taking away from it, without trying to like force it into something, it wasn't, you know, parts that were, were that had to be there, he left them alone. But when he could change something without ruining the, with, without ruining the, the, the taste of the song, he did that, you know, he was very cleverly done. Absolutely. We're bringing it back around to, you know, current times. Jack Russell's Great White. You guys are playing Vegas this weekend, and you've got dates throughout the spring. Like, what else can we expect from you guys throughout the rest of the year? Uh, just more shows all over the states, you know, and and and, 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 and to this universe and beyond. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're just playing everywhere we can, man. I mean, I, I've only got who knows how many years left. Hopefully, hopefully twenty. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I said that's pretty hopeful. But, do you uh, do you have that kind of desire to just run it until you can't? Yeah, I want to play until I can't play. I want to play until I can't play no more. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fun. I, I hope. I hope there's a day though where I can just go. You know what? I've had a really great long career. I'm happy with what I've done. I'm proud of of my successes, and and even some of my failures. You know, I I just want to call this one a day and put a fork in it and head off for the sunset. You know, yeah, 
that's what kind of hope pans out. You know, I want it to be on my on my terms. Well, after doing this for you know forty years now, do you still get nerves when you go on stage? Uh, yeah, but nerves aren't really the right word for it. I mean, I always, I, yeah, I guess you could. I, I would just say more anxiety, a little anxiety, just because you know you, I'm a perfectionist. And if I if I hit hit a bad note, you know, it's like, oh my god, that one note, oh, she was perfect except for that one note. Oh my god, you know, I just beat myself up about it. So I, I've been, my wife's been telling me that since I've known her. You know, you got to quit doing that. I go, I, I try, I try, but I can't. Yeah. You know, it's just too hard, you know. We're all our yeah. own, own worst critic, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we are. Do you have a... I said, oh, he's a tough critic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have well, a regimen for? You got to be keep your standards up. You got to be, you know, you got you got to be tough on yourself. Because if you're not tough and hard on yourself, it's just gonna you're gonna have a crap product, right? You know, if you if anything goes, and you know, who cares? And if anybody can sing, then why would anybody sing? Right. It's like, oh, well, uh, I didn't. I don't do that very well, but you know, I'm one of the one of the millions of people that can do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I can see why you want to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you're not on tour to keep your voice in shape? Uh, drink a lot of whiskey, scream, smoke cigarettes. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke. Uh, I take care of my voice. Um, take my medicines like my doctor tells me. You know, I just, uh, I just, I keep in shape. You know, uh, I don't do anything that's going to harm. You know what's left of these this golden voice here I've had for so long. Yeah, I've been doing this since I was. Let's see, when did I start singing professionally? I was 11 years old when I started what became turned into this band, and that, yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah, that's a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 63 now, so 63 and so 52. Yeah. 52 years. Wow. That's amazing, huh? Yeah. Was there been any talks on a next studio album for Jack Russell's Great White? Yeah. Right now we're actually about halfway through writing it. We're, uh, we've got uh, the foundations down on like six songs. Um, five songs we've got mostly. Five songs that are, that are mostly done. And one song, like I said, the foundation's done. And then we've got you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a total of 12, 11, 12. You know, so we're just going to keep writing until those are finished and we'll see if uh, they're worthy. You know, I'm, I'm pleasantly uh, being pleasantly surprised as we go because I was really thinking it was going to be a hard time, you know, um, outdoing uh, Esau Common. That mm -hmm. album to me was a really good record. It was a solid album, you know. Yeah. And um, I, Besting that one for me was going to be a tough one, and I'm still, you know, still going to be a tough one. But uh, we've got some, some, we've got some good contenders. You know, so it doesn't have to necessarily best it. You know, you, you just, you just got to be different. You know, yeah. You, you want it to be at least as good, you know, in, in some ways. But every song, every, every album is its own album, and every song is its own song. So you can't really say that either. You know. Right. That's like saying, well, what do you like better, your boy or your girl? <laughs> uh, you know, I like them all. They're all my kids. Right. Well, when, what's your guys' writing process like when you are putting this stuff together? Is it separately and bring it together? Or do you get together in the same room or how do you? Um, usually, me and Robbie will get together in the same room or the, uh, me and the, the other guys and Robbie will just sit there and we'll, if it's something I have an idea, we'll throw it out. Or more often than not, um, somebody will come up with a riff and I'll take that and I'll put a melody to it and then start scratching some lyrics out um, or I'll come up with a, a melody and we'll get that going and find out where it sounds good and then put, put some music to it you know it's there's a lot of different ways a song can you know can um, arrive into the world you know um, uh 
I just like them to happen by themselves, a natural way, you know, natural childbirth. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you're coming up with a song, are you are you a guy that it's always music and then you write lyrics after you have the music, or do you are you always writing lyrics? No, it's it's, it's different ways. I always thought it was. You know, it used to be that. It used to be like always. Um, I'm, I'm music first. Whatever. You know, I mean, you, you, you start paying the lyrics, but usually it was music, melody, lyrics, you know, and now it's whatever comes first. You know, I've, I've, I've learned to work between the worlds, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be one way or another, or 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 not, you know. Absolutely. And I, I used to swear it was it was easier to write this way, and I just realized whatever way it comes out is the way it's going to come out, you know. Just don't force it, you know. All right, man. Well, I absolutely appreciate you taking the time with me today. I love the Russell Guns album, all the stuff you've done with Jack Russell's Great White, and I look forward to seeing you down the line. Hope to see you live again soon. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate you. Have a great day, brother. There you go, Jack Russell of Jack Russell's Great White. A huge thank you to David from Freeman Promotions for his help in setting that one up. And of course, a massive thank you to Jack Russell for taking some time there to hit me up on Zoom and talk about everything he's got going on with Jack Russell's Great White, Russell Guns, and lots of other stuff in between. This one was pretty big for me, quite an honor. Like I said at the beginning, this has been a long you know, one of the people on the list that I wanted to get on this podcast since Jason and I started it nearly nine years ago. So very happy to finally make this one happen. If you're a huge Great White fan, like I mentioned earlier, Mark Kendall was on here a couple different times. And of course, Terry Ilou was on here about a year ago talking about his time with Great White as well. And now we've got the man, the voice, Great White himself, Jack Russell, on this podcast like I said, you know, in there more than once now, if you haven't ever listened to Psycho City, do it today. If you haven't listened to Sail Away, do it today. Two albums that came out back to back but are wildly different in style. One of the things I always loved about Great White, always loved that they set themselves apart from that entire era of music, even though they're, you know, lumped into the glam rock 80s hair metal genres or whatever because of the time they came out. You know, and you could fit some of the songs into that area. They had big ballads, but they also were very much a blues-based rock band that didn't have, you know, the same tendencies as a Poison, Def Leppard, Warrant, that kind of vein. They kind of carved their own path in a world of rock where music like that wasn't in the mainstream. And, you know, they did it repeatedly, album after album, mixing blues, hard rock, through his vocals, through the guitars, through the piano, everything. Such a phenomenal band that, you know, if you're listening, you're just a casual listener and you're just familiar with some of the hits like Once Bitten, Twice Shy or Save Your Love, House of Broken Love, and so on. Just delve into it. They're one of the bands, you know, you can go on to a Spotify playlist or something and just hit shuffle and just listen to all the different stuff from throughout the years. Desert Moon. You know, call it rock and roll from the Hooked album. Those were great tracks as well. Just absolutely looking forward to what Jack talked about there with the possibility of an acoustic version of the album Twice Shy coming out. You know, hopefully they do that. And of course, hopefully we get another studio album from Jack Russell's Great White like we got with He Saw It Coming a few years ago. So again, you know, I could keep going on rambling and gushing about it, but dive into this stuff. Like I said, especially Russell Guns, it's the newest thing you can hear from Jack Russell. And of course, you've got the chance to see him and his band live throughout the rest of this year and in the coming years to come. So once again, if this is your first time listening, we've got a great episode coming up next with Jeff Pilson, who is, of course, one of the original members of Dokken. They've been in the press quite a bit because Don Dokken kind of ran his mouth about how he had, you know, more to do with the writing than anybody else. And of course, Jeff Pilson stepped in and said, well, that's not entirely true. We didn't really get into that in our podcast because that's already been out in the press. But, you know, when I talked to him, we, of course, talked about Dokken, 
what he's been doing, you know, as the band leader of Foreigner for the past 20 years, what he's been doing with the end machine with George Lynch. The guy's a great producer. He's worked with Last in Line. Such a cool one that hits a lot of subjects, so look forward to that one. Last week, Gus G was on here, the phenom guitarist that is a former member, you know, of course, of Ozzy's band. He also has the amazing power metal band Firewind. Great one to check out. A few weeks ago, we had on Brian Tatler of Diamond Head fame, who is also now a member of Saxon. Late last year, Blake Bedsall from Saul was on here. But jumping into what you might love as a great white fan and era of that music, we've had on members of Kiss, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Whitesnake, Winger, Warrant, Tesla, Twisted Sister, Queensryche, Taiketo, Firehouse, Slaughter, L.A. Guns, Junkyard, Kicks. I know there's stuff I'm forgetting, but you know we also branch all over the, the worlds of metal. You know, whether it gets super heavy with stuff like Testament or the Black Dahlia Murder, fed on members of Megadeth, Shine Down. Vanilla Ice has been on this podcast, so see there? We're just all over the place. So jump into all the past stuff, thethunderunderground.com. You can listen directly there. You can listen most most places podcasts are heard. Wherever you're listening, if you hit like or subscribe or follow so you don't miss future episodes. And anytime you see a post or anything, if you like it, share it comment, whatever you can do. That's just an easy, free way to help out this podcast. I'm officially, for the first time in years, out of t-shirts for Thunder Underground, and that's something I'm going to be working on this month in March. So I'll be, of course, posting about that when they're available again, but there's always koozies, shot glasses, guitar picks, stickers, and that kind of stuff available. Hit me up if you want something sent to you, or if you're in the Tulsa area and you see me out and about, let me know that way as well. All right, once again, we've got Jeff Pilsen coming up. I also just recorded an interview with the keyboardist and producer of the band Myrath, or excuse me, Mirath. I've heard it pronounced both Myrath and Mirath. I think it might just depend on the language you're pronouncing it in, but they're from Tunisia, and they're a progressive metal band that also has some power metal tendencies, some Middle Eastern tendencies, lots of, lots of orchestration parts in their music. Phenomenal freaking metal band, so... We're going to be talking to him soon, and I've also got a couple scheduled next week with a couple big-name artists, and one of them being a legendary artist from this same genre that we just talked about with Jack Russell and Mr. Big and all the 80s stuff. So really looking forward to that and letting you know what that is next time we talk. All right, I'm going to stop rambling. Hit us up on all the socials. Follow wherever you see it. Once again, a huge thank you. To Sunset Tattoo, DEB Concerts, Freeman Promotions, and Jack Russell. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Mm-hmm.